Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Mel Hammer Podcast. It's episode 147. I am Mel from Mel Hammer Magazine and other Mel Hammery things. Hello to you. And uh, hello to my lovely co star. Co star? That's a bit arrogant. Co presenter, Eleanor <laughs> Goodman, also of Mel Hammer. All right, Elle? I want to be a star. So leave You're it as co star. You're a star to me, Elle, Thanks, always. Elle. Um, the latest issue of Metal Hammer is out right now. It's our huge new heavy celebration, celebrating all the most exciting young bands in and around the metal scene. Four exclusive covers out to get right now in shops across the UK. Twin Temple, The Who, Highlung and Alien Weaponry. Four brilliant young bands that we want to celebrate and put under your uh, put on your attention immediately. Uh, so you can go get those in shops right now. We also have a bundle uh, available for each of those bands which you can buy right now from magazines direct or from uh, tinyurl.com slash get hammer uh, the twin temple bundles actually sold out very very quickly so thanks to everyone who uh, supported us by uh, picking up one of those we've still got a few bundles for the who not many who ones left at all actually so get on that if you're thinking about getting them it comes with an awesome face mask you can't get that set anywhere else uh, and there's also an alien weaponry bundle that comes with a really cool pedant, uh, pendant, pedant doesn't come with a pedant. That'd be ridiculous. A pedant. Just some, <laughs> some annoying little dude just picking you up on everything you say wrong. <laughs> no, the alien weaponry bundle comes with a pendant exclusive design. Uh, and uh, the uh, Highlung one comes with a coloring book, which is metal as fuck. And each of those also come with an exclusive cover. You can't get anywhere else. There's only 200 of each bundles ever made. And once they're gone, they are very much gone. Uh, as I said, the Twin Temple ones are now history. You can't get them. They're all gone and on their way to fans. Um, so if you want to get one of those other bundles, pick them up while you can. Tinyurl.com slash gethammer is a place to get all of those. Uh, we had some bum news that hit us just as about to we start, um, just as about we were about to start recording. God, sorry, it's 5 p.m. I'm tired. Please excuse my fucking word diarrhea. Uh, but just as we we're about to kick off the podcast, Glastonbury released the maybe not massively surprising, but still pretty crap news that there will be no Glastonbury Festival this year. It is postponed to next year. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of questions this is now raised about few, uh, about festivals across the summer. Glastonbury, by far the biggest one in the game, but there are a lot of similarly sized festivals out there as well that now maybe are looking a little bit uncertain in light of all this. Um, Download have actually tweeted something out uh, just about an hour or two ago saying that there are still plans for Download to go ahead and they're working very hard to make that happen. Um, but yeah, no Glastonbury. Bit of a bummer, but I kind of feel like at this point, maybe we weren't too surprised given the state of the pandemic as it is right now. No, and Glastonbury is a whole city. If you've been there, you'll know you go there and it takes you hours to walk from one side of the site to the other. I can't imagine how they could have an event of that scale in the current climate. Yeah, it's it's it sucks, but it's it's for the best. They've kind of emphasised that they just couldn't work out a way to do it that was COVID safe and that has to be the priority at the end of the day because the pandemic is still uh, uh, in a very difficult stage at the moment. Um, so obviously any more news on any of the other major festivals, especially all the rock and metal festivals uh, happening or due to take place this year, we will uh, we will let you know 
Um, stay tuned to melthammer.com for any news on all of that. And I know it's not the news that we wanted to hear. Probably news a lot of us were expecting, but obviously we just have to get through this fucker of a situation first before we can resume all the very greatest stuff that we love to do the most. Uh, and if the pandemic scuffering the music industry wasn't enough this week and um, we are also seeing the ongoing shit show that is brexit uh continue to uh to just cause all sorts of problems and chief among those for many is this ongoing issue surrounding visas and working uh, artists and bands uh, now members of led zeppelin pink floyd queen and the who uh, have joined the likes of Iron Maiden, Radiohead, Sex Pistols, Elton John, a ton of leading figures from the music industry in uh, accusing the government of shamefully failing British musicians in being able to strike a Brexit deal, which would make people, uh, which will make it easy for bands to tour Europe. Obviously, this is a massive, massive deal, not just for the fact that music rules and we all love music, but for the fact that it is a huge and vital part of the economy. And it just seems insane that this hasn't been able to be sorted out but um there we go uh and now roger um, robert plant roger walters brian may and roger daltrey uh leading leading figures in the british rock scene of course uh, have now all co-signed an open letter attacking the government's negotiating failure in brexit talks with the eu so this is an ongoing situation now where the future of uh british artists performing across europe looks increasingly uncertain and it's just absolute bullshit that this isn't getting sorted out, isn't it? I don't understand how this has just been so recklessly overlooked. It's embarrassing and it's really, really sad and depressing and angry making all at the same time. Um, shameful. Yeah, it's just bollocks, isn't it? Absolute bollocks. And uh, again, didn't want to start the podcast with like, uh, you know, loads of like, oh, everything's shit kind of news, but um you know it's it's hard to avoid this stuff and uh look i know there's a lot of people out there that have i'm sure voted for brexit and and listen to this podcast and everything else read the magazine i'm sure you know we've got emails from people that sometimes get annoyed when we talk about this stuff or criticize this stuff but at the end of the day like you know we're talking about the livelihood of thousands upon thousands of people not to mention as i said a vital part of the economy a vital part of british culture um is is really under threat by this situation not getting resolved and it's just not good enough and it's just it's just bullshit and uh you know i know a lot of people we both know a lot of people in the music industry that are absolutely fed up with this situation so hopefully it can still be resolved um you know robert plant and brian may got involved so hopefully that's a good sign that people are taking it seriously um i did find it interesting that um Roger Daltrey from The Who had kind of got involved in this as well because I know he was on record as kind of not really seeing what all the fuss was about with Brexit. Um, and I guess maybe that's kind of an indication of how increasingly sour this whole situation has turned that even he's kind of come back in and gone, uh, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, it's chickens coming home to roost, isn't it? But if the government take notice of anyone, maybe it will be, you know, the canonised older white men of the rock generation as opposed to... <laughs> as opposed to the younger, angry generation that they don't take seriously. Maybe it has to come from people who look like them and sound like them for them to do something. I don't care who it comes from. I just want them to sort it out. Agreed. Agreed. And, like, I can't believe that anybody has 
Um, I mean, I'm sure anyone that's voted Remain is not happy about this, but I cannot believe that anyone who is any kind of music fan that has voted Leave or Remain, quite frankly, could be happy with this situation. So hopefully it gets sorted out soon because it's fucking bullshit. And uh, I know we don't kind of go into those kind of rants on this podcast much, but it is bullshit. And everyone listening to this podcast wants bands to do well. And we need this to be sorted for that to continue to happen for bands from the UK. So someone please sort it out, please, because it's bullshit. Uh, John Schaff has been arrested. Hooray. <laughs> I can't believe that's like, I can't believe that's the good news. <laughs> yeah, he uh, handed himself over, I believe, didn't he? Oh, He's okay, facing, cool. I, think, I think he did. Yeah, I think he handed himself in. He's facing six criminal charges. Good, Obviously, good. in case you don't know, he was part of the mob that stormed the Capitol building and that whole thing that happened. You may have heard about that thing. And by the <laughs> way, me, me saying, oh, cool. I'm not being like, oh, cool. Good on John. Like, you know, it's the bare fucking minimum you can do when you've uh, when you've been caught literally on camera doing something so heinous. So he's going to face the law. He's going to face the law. And yeah, and I honestly don't want to. We talked about him a lot last week. Um, on the podcast and I don't really want to give him any more airtime so fuck him bye uh onwards uh, AFI have... last week actually I didn't get to um listen to it so I'll have that to look forward to yeah me and Steve laid down a few truth bombs about, you, uh, okay. about the situation well opinion bombs did you call them truth bombs <laughs> no we didn't because we're not like that no they were they were kind of you know we, we anyway you can go if you want to hear our thoughts on that you can go and listen to last week's podcast i just don't want to keep on talking about this guy because it's just depressing and ridiculous um in better news uh afi have new music out one of the greatest bands of all time literally ever in my opinion and uh, they put out two new tracks escape from los angeles and twisted tongues very much in the same vein of the uh, the Blood album, which came out a few years ago. Um, and uh, they've really kind of hit into this great stride of that kind of 80s-tinged post-punk kind of vibe that they're in now. And I think they're absolutely brilliant at it. So I'm all here for it, quite frankly. It's so 80s. Twisted Tongues, I prefer to Escape from Los Angeles. I thought Escape from Los Angeles felt a little bit weak. Um, I think when you're in the kind of right mindset and they just come on your playlist it's really enjoyable yeah definitely i enjoyed it a lot and i yeah i agree with your uh, with your takes um system of a down vocalist says thank you and has shared i don't know why I've, this is what happens when i read straight from the website because <laughs> if you don't know Serge thank is but Serge from system of a down has shared <laughs> the first trailer for uh, truth to power i didn't even know this was happening um yeah, you did. we brother. talked about this last last year did we you definitely knew about this, yeah. God, yeah. My we mind talk, is, we've talked is... about this. Your mind is a pool of goo right now. My mind is a pool of goo right now. You'll see why in a few weeks when you it, get Yeah, there. it literally <laughs> is. We we um, we uh we put our uh, latest issue to bed and um without giving too much away for recent issues and things that have happened in metal, uh, it was very emotional and a lot of a lot of kind of unexpected last minute work that's gone into it. So um we'll reveal that soon but yeah it has left us feeling a little bit it's been it's been a weird old start to the year for metal let's put it that way so i feel like your mouth is going like faster than your brain at the moment but it feels like you're on some kind of word roller coaster that you can't get off Um, exactly 
But yeah, this we did know about this documentary, but you can go on metalhammer.com now. You can see the trailer for Truth to Power. It's a documentary about Serge Tankian's life. It's exploring his, this is in quotation marks, journey through the turbulent intersection of music and activism over three decades. It takes you through LA clubs through to the, the center of the 2018 Armenian Revolution. I had a quick look at the trailer, actually, and it looks like it's been sort of made by Serge Tankian's own company and Live Nation. But it's also got an executive produce, producer credit. I can't talk now. An executive <laughs> producer credit for Joe Berlinger, who's um, worked on quite a lot of um, rock flavoured films in recent years. So it's probably going to be quite interesting. Um, the trailer kind of shows a bit of a snippet of an interview with him and also kind of footage from um, various gigs and that kind of thing. So I'm curious to see how they're going to trace this path through and this narrative. Um, and if it is just, a, you know, sort of a biopic of Serge Tankian or if there are kind of wider um, narrative themes that come out about the nature of activism, about the nature of music. Yeah, I'm really interested in it. And uh, thank you Al, for putting the brakes on my brain roller coaster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I am really interested in this. I think with System of a Down, because um, they have such a distinct personality and their story is so kind of fascinating in of itself. Um, I, don't, I don't really know a whole lot about each individual member's early days as much. Like it, they're one of those bands where it's kind of like they just their story appears fully formed in my mind that they're all kind of meeting at high school and starting a band together. And so I'm interested to see more of Serge's journey for sure. I think he remains the most interesting member of System of a Down to me, especially when you look at all the different things he's been doing in the last few years. Um, should I make a new album? Um, but yeah, he's he's never uh, he's never kind of left um behind his kind of uh his priorities which have always been about shedding lights on injustice and and uh you know promoting activism and everything else so i'm really looking forward to this even though uh, i forgot that i'd already heard about it up until today yeah i'm curious i guess i guess because it's made like you know by his company and live nation and but joe is involved as well i'm kind of curious to see like um how much of an outside voice there is, you know, whether it's kind of search tanking by search tanking or whether it's like a portrait mm. of search tanking by someone else. So all these things for me just make it super fascinating. And it's out on February 19th. I Googled where I could watch it. And I think it might be coming out online on that day, but it was difficult to find the info. February 19th, so hopefully we can all watch it. Nice. And you can see the trailer right now on metalhammer.com. Right, album of the week. One of the most unique and uh, fascinating bands in the metal world. One of the many bands which have just become uh, almost inexplicably huge within the metal scene, despite not actually playing metal in of itself. Um, I'm talking about Wadruna, and this is their fifth album titled, oh, you told me how to pronounce it off air, but I've forgotten already. Yeah, well, so it's Norwegian, and it's Kvartraven. Um, but it means white raven, which is probably nice. easier to us to use rather than just mashing Norwegian into the ground with our terrible accents. That's fine. Like, you'll call it white raven from here on in. <laughs> but that's actually been so. Ina Selvik, the main man behind War Junior, is his baby, really. Um, he his artist name has always been White Raven. So um, he told us. I mean. You can read about this soon in Metal Hammer. But he told that um, the album is named after the ideas that made him take the stage name rather than the stage name itself. 
Should I go into those ideas, Merlin? <laughs> um, well, we can kind of expand upon them a little bit. As, as you said, there, there's going to be more on that front uh, in uh, in time to come. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just, I just think this whole band are fascinating. And one of their kind of, I feel like, uh, kind of uh, kindred spirits in uh, High Lung is obviously one of the bands on the cover of Metal Hammer right now. There's been a huge movement in these kind of earthy, tribalistic pagan bands that have just dominated the underground scene in recent years and Wardruna were kind of a part of that world and uh, leading that world way before anyone else came onto the scene really they I mean their roots go back as far as I think maybe 2003 certainly the early 2000s um, and uh, they've had a run of albums since around 2009 that has now brought us to this point and it's just it's just so interesting to me that this band they're just at the point they're at now because they stand as one of the foremost bands in all of alternative music, despite playing something that isn't even really rock music, let alone metal. Um, and Elle, you've listened to a lot more of this band than I have. I find them interesting. I can't say I uh, listen to them a whole bunch, but I certainly find their story fascinating. Um, what are you kind of saying about this record in particular, White Raven? Well, I guess just for a bit of background, I heard Wardruna first about a decade ago. Um, they started off this series of three albums, a trilogy, you might call it, based on runes um, and based on the oldest set of runes called the Elder Futhark. And each rune has a character um, which corresponds to a sound and a trait. And it was kind of looking at this um, sort of Norse mythology and bringing these things to life through um, various instruments that were sort of traditional instruments mixed with found instruments um, and the sounds of nature like animals and that kind of thing. It had this very, like you said, Merlin, it had this very kind of earthy vibe. Um, so White Raven is the first record that he's done that isn't part of the trilogy. It's very much the same kind of sound. Um, you will recognise it as being Wardruna because they are very distinctive. But rather than looking at runes, it's kind of examining our relationship with nature and as human beings, how connected or disconnected we are from nature. And there's a song on there that's very explicit, which the English translation for it is song hunting. And it's about going into basically the woodlands, walking around, being open to how the nature makes you feel. And then he does that and then he goes back to the studio and tries to remember those feelings, sensations and thoughts and kind of get them into a song. And that's sort of what you can kind of extrapolate from that um, sort of how the rest of the album goes, because there's all these kind of different songs based on various um, nature based traditions. Um, and yeah, to kind of look back at these traditions and reframing them in a modern context and seeing what we can take from them, which is kind of the raison d'etre of Wardruna. But because of that, it's very, um, it feels very primal. There are lots of very strong drum beats. There's kind of um, some of the singing is sort of more intoned rather than sung. They do take you on this journey from top to bottom when you put on the record. Um, if Jonathan was here, he'd say it would. It makes you feel like you're on another plane, I would think, or it transports you to another place. Um, it does. It sucks you into this um, very hypnotic world where you do feel like maybe you you know your breathing slows down or it speeds up or you react to it in quite a physical way, or at least I do, as well as um, in sort of a mental way. So it's yeah. I mean, 
yeah, like I said, you can kind of read more of this probably coming up in Metal Hammer. Um, but that's kind of it in a nutshell. It's a very powerful record and it's very interesting to see what he's done after the work with the runes. I'm curious to see where they'll take the project next. Yeah, it's uh, just, um, I know I keep being like, oh, that's such a fascinating band, but it's just, it's just we use the kind of uh, phrase like unexpected success story and that kind of thing. Um, unlike, unlikely success story and all that kind of stuff quite a lot because metal is an outside of genre and it embraces the unusual. And so you do see a lot of these bands that you just never would envision getting big, getting huge. But Wardruna and Heilung and this kind of generation of uh, neo-pagan kind of folk bands, I guess is the best succinct genre, way to genreize them. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just amazing to me. And uh, I think this is going to go down as one of the biggest records of 2021. And if you haven't heard Wardruna yet, absolutely check this out when it comes out on Friday. It's called... Uh, Katraven slash White Raven. <laughs> Maybe Raven. spell it for people. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's K V I T R A V N. But you know how to use the internet. Look up Wadruna, you'll find it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's out. Uh, that's out tomorrow. Fascinating album from a great, great, great band, and uh, you should support them because they are very good. And I think we might be doing yeah, as Elsa, we've got something else coming up with them very soon. In fact, we might have numerous cool things coming up with them soon if all goes to plan. So we're very, very excited about all things Wadruna this year. Uh, let's do some reader questions. You know where they're from. Facebook.com slash Metal Hammer Readers if you want to come and join the fun and games. Uh, David English. <laughs> uh, and the games. <laughs> yeah. We do games. I can introduce games. It can happen. We did actually, I did do a, during the early days of the pandemic, I did actually do a, um, a Metal Hammer Reader's Mario Kart Switch session. So shout out everyone who took part in that. Maybe we could do another one soon. Um, David Inglis says, what are your views and observations on the growing links between the streaming and metal community? So we are seeing a lot more uh, metal personalities, bands, musicians, and just kind of, dare I say, influencers um, appearing on things like Twitch and YouTube with, more uh, regularity now um smell a bit late to the party is it good that we're finally kind of seeing more of this stuff from our community now yeah it's good i think any ways for people to interact with their favorite artists is a cool thing and um, we're in an age where you can't do like um a meet and greet or a special intimate show or anything like that so streaming can help keep people close at a time when people are forced to be a part um, mm. and you can see really interesting things coming out of it as well. Like we always talk about Matt Heafy, but he was basically the first one to the Twitch party. He's been doing it for a while and he's been helping fellow musicians in this pandemic kind of come on and use it as well. And we were going to talk about this last week and maybe you talked about it with Steve, I think, but um, you know, Matt Heafy did uh, an EP with Jared Dines, the guitarist. And Jared is very much from the internet world and Matt Heafy kind of is from the traditional getting in a band getting signed to a label world and kind of came to the internet later so it's really interesting to see how they fuse their styles together and make this EP that's kind of um, part guitar solo part riffs part lyrics that are kind of personal and a bit angsty and you can kind of feel like the chemistry between them it's just it feels fun even though they're sort of talking about serious subjects and some of the songs like anxiety um and it's kind of cool that you can get 
you know, basically an internet guitarist together with a sort of, I'll just say like traditional guitarists, you know, because Trivium came in around the early 2000s and then they can like fuse their styles together and make something cool. And um, that's the great thing about having um, different communities online. It just opens up the opportunity for collaboration and to take things into different territories. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all for streaming. I think you could maybe get to a point where somebody is um, overexposed in a sense, where if they're sort of putting out too much content, then um, maybe it becomes something that you're less keen about. Whereas when it's less often, it's something that you would maybe get a bit more excited and look forward to. But I think it honestly depends on your relationship with that band or that band member and how much you like them and how much you want to support them. So mm. I think overall, yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, and I mean, stuff like Twitch especially, it's all about kind of communities there, isn't it? And I think yeah. especially during lockdown, um, you know, I don't do a ton of stuff, or, or I, I don't do anything on Twitch, but I don't use Twitch a ton. But even just with things like when I'm doing regular gaming with my mates and stuff, like it's almost like you can't get enough of that stuff, really, because it's just nice to be able to just jump on and interact with people. And Twitch is definitely the best kind of platform for that. And yeah, like you said, Heafy's just doing stuff literally every day for it. So it's just kind of uh, this kind of all-encompassing infinite um, platform that's uh, been created and it works very well. Other streaming services are available, obviously, by the way. I think Code uh, are doing a lot on Discord at one point, weren't they, as well? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people still do Discord as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I go on Discord whenever I'm doing some gaming stuff. I've got a little Rocket League Discord crew that uh, we all jump on with. Um, so, yeah. Technology being used for good stuff is always nice, I guess. Uh, Andrew Brown says, was there really a metal downturn in the mid-90s, evidence for and against? Hmm. I mean, I feel like everybody always says there was and like makes a big deal out of it, but really they're probably just talking about thrash metal and kind of um, classic metal stuff like Iron Maiden, you know, like obviously kind of bands like that saw a bit of a downturn and thrash went a bit like wonky and we lost some bands by the wayside and that kind of thing like obviously that was a thing but then we had like groove metal grunge which i'd still class as being metallic if you look at the likes of alice in chains and soundgarden hardcore rise of new metal not to mention the kind of rise of the alternative subculture as well um that was very kind of 90s moving into the like this century I love the 90s. It's a great period for music. It felt like heavy music was really diverse and interesting and there were loads of really interesting characters and people knocking around. So, yeah, maybe it was bad for a couple of genres, but, I mean, you still have, like, classic metal and thrash now. There are still bands around from back in the day that survived, and we've seen quite a lot of them reuniting in recent years as well. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's cool that they fell by the wayside, but I kind of feel like things have come back around a little bit as well. That was a long answer. That was well. I expect that was that was what uh, that was what uh, Andrew wanted. But yeah, um, <laughs> I think that uh, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, yeah, heavy metal kind of was just. I, I know there's exceptions, and there's always people going. Well, actually, like Dio had some more albums out in that decade, but it's just like, yeah, like you said, compared to where everything is at now, and you've got like bands. I mean, even fucking. Um, I was about to say even Metallica. What we're talking about, Metallica had an amazing nineties. But uh, like Metallica kind of returns to more thrashier sounds in the last um, couple of albums. And then you've got bands like Testament, Megadeth, Anthrax. They've all put out fucking unreal records of the 21st century. Um, and that's just the start. 
where in the 90s, yeah, most of those bands were struggling. Uh, many of bands tried to experiment and it didn't go great. Looking at like Risk by Megadeth, um, uh, Slayer kind of tried to go a bit new metal for a bit. It all went a bit weird. But in terms of just the quality of actual albums and bands that kind of formed and reached peak form in that decade, it was a fucking unbelievable decade. Plus Metallica were most interesting in the 90s there. I said it. Can I just say that I like New Metal Slayer as well, even though they didn't really like it and no one really liked it. I think it's quite good. Why the fuck not? New Metal Slayer rules. Uh, you should do the next one, Elle, because this is you. This is a bit of you, this is. Oh, yeah, it is. Tom George McHugh asks, have any of you tried the Mongolian dumplings inspired by the Who featured in a Metal Hammer issue last year? I keep meaning to make them, but... <laughs> and then it ends. <laughs> um well i haven't i have to say because i'm crap at cooking i'm actually part of the um metal hammer and classic rock you've got it wrong it's not metal hammer and classic rock it's called it's a whatsapp group and it's called meal hammer classic cook god that's bad who (laughs) made that it's a cooking group between metal hammer and classic rock where we share pictures of things we've made yeah, and Jane from uh, Total Films in there as well. It's multi-genre and multi- I think we added Total Film, but I can't remember what we called them. They had a stupid name as well. Meal Hammer Classic Cook and Total, Total- I think it was Total Flan, was it? Oh my god. <laughs> Awful. Um yeah, but yeah, I was gonna say I, I'm in that group. I basically just lurk because I can't cook for shit for the- oh, I did make a very nice chili yesterday, actually, I have to say, but generally speaking, I can't cook as well as everyone else in that group. So no, I have not attempted dumplings. That feels well out of my remit, to be honest. I really want to make them, but I need one of those steamer things that you used to make them and I haven't got one. So that's held me back. So I need to go and just like buy one of those. Um I do post in the Meal Hammer Classic Rock group, but my stuff is very basic compared to some of the members in there. I just posted some soup in there yesterday and that was just literally some vegetables in a pan blended together. Pretty basic. Nice cookies as well. Oh yeah. I made a giant cookie. That was amazing. An amazing giant cookie full of chocolate chips. So good. What could be better? I'm going to make uh, What? I'm going to make another one. I should make it metal. I should line up the chocolate chips to do like throwing the horns or 666 or something. I don't know why I've not done that yet. Um, me either, quite frankly. Pathetic making these juvenile cookies with no satanic imagery. I'm going to do What's it. I'm going to make a massive cookie and I'm going to make it satanic. Yeah, to chocolate chip pentagram. Come on, it's got to happen. Yeah. Um, Aidan Delaney says, when listening to a new album, how far in do you go before making a judgment on it? Will, will you always listen to it all the way through? I could tell you right now, we definitely don't do that. Or just stop after two or three songs. Um, actually, to be fair, when I read this, I thought he meant brand new bands, but he's just saying new albums. So I guess it depends. If it's an album by an artist I love or is massively important to the magazine or to Mel in general, I'll give it at least one proper go all the way through. I mean, if like, I don't know, Baroness put an Sure, I'm not going to be like, I like it out. What happens? You, you just froze and you turned into a robot. Oh, sorry. Am I okay now? Yeah, you're okay now. I'm back from the future. I started it's because I started talking about Baroness and it caused a cognitive di- dissonance in the in the in the universe. Um, I um I do listen to albums all the way through, except if somebody goes, 
you need to listen to this album or you will hate this album then i may only listen to a couple of tracks like sometimes somebody will talk about a record and they'll be like oh there's this new grindcore record about like killing fish or something and i'll be like well i'll listen <laughs> to i'll listen to a song if i have to but i'm not going to listen to the record because it's about killing fish and Elwood. exactly exactly yeah i mean if it's a brand new band um if it's someone that's really highly recommended by someone you know i trust or someone who's a friend or you know someone that's i kind of feel like there's a you know it's more than just hey this band's quite good then obviously give it a proper go but if it's literally just like a random band i've stumbled across then yeah just a song or two really i mean if you're really not into certain types of metal or rock or whatever it's not going to take you that long to know something just doesn't feel like it's for you um obviously we get we're very lucky to get an absolute shit ton of stuff put our way in terms of new bands and everything else so we we kind of blaze through as much as we can but um you know i'm not really into grindcore which is kind of like why i mentioned that but i was talking yesterday on whatsapp with someone do you remember that band called milking the goat machine uh no <laughs> i remember them. they had a load of really really stupid song titles and album titles and artwork and stuff so i just remember them but i haven't thought about them for like five years and I was texting my friend, they were talking about um, like King Goat or something. And I was like, do you remember Milking the Goat Machine? And apparently their latest album has a song called Milking Me Softly. And it has another song called Udder Pressure. Um, but my friend thought that they sounded like very conflicting messages. Because if you're milking me softly and you're under pressure, it's not going to work, is it? Um, uh, I think I said I felt my soul left my body when you said those song titles. <laughs> Mean? somebody's doing something creative well okay fine good for them uh <laughs> i fully support any band's right to be as painfully unfunny as they want like, hey, <laughs> completely... I was like i'm gonna listen to those songs even though i don't like their genre i completely support their right to do that um oh my god what the hell was that what have you done i just kind of set off the themes did you hear that for your computer no Oh, good. Never mind. I just set off. I think I just set off the theme song, and then he, they tried to cut me off. They tried to cut me off before I was finished. Damn it! Uh, what are you talking about? Do I need to like you know get a cookie sent around to your house or something? No, I was just trying to be snide and um, try to almost start editing the podcast while we were still recording it. So I was just chucking the theme song around, and it popped up and started playing, and I panicked because I didn't know if it would record it or not. So if, uh, if you just heard that then I'm sorry, I messed it up. If you didn't hear that, then um, I just sound like an absolute babbling idiot, which has been a theme for most of this week's show. Stop so talking. Stop I'm talking now. I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to go to bed. I'm tired. Listen, <laughs> thanks to everyone who's uh, who's tuned in this week. Thanks to everyone who's picked up the latest issue. Um, I really appreciate uh, the support. We really appreciate the support, especially in what is an increasingly insane and difficult world um so it means a lot that we can do all this stuff for you and uh still create these magazines create this podcast got all this cool stuff going up on the website there is so much more of it to come we've got big big plans for the year ahead and uh, you'll start seeing some of those very very soon so in the meantime i'm gonna go to bed uh, <laughs> and, uh i'm gonna listen to milking the goat machine oh you do that i will you do that um thanks everybody we will see you next week take care goodbye goodbye